One of my favorite political buffoons, Michael Steele, who's head of the Republican National Committee and whom one person described as having the gravitas of a balloon, is in trouble for, in many ways, in certain ways, telling it like it is. He was at a fundraiser in Connecticut and basically criticized the Obama administration and said in so many words that the Afghanistan war was unwinnable. You've probably seen the video. If you haven't, go on up. Everybody's sitting around in this tent eating chicken a la king and Steele is way in the background walking around, talking and talking, and nobody seems to be paying attention, but you can hear his comments. He called the McChrystal incident comical, And then he went on to say that the war in Afghanistan is Obama's war. And he says, well, if Obama is such a student of history, why doesn't he understand that the one thing you don't engage in is a land war in Afghanistan? You're right. All right, he says, because everybody who has tried over a thousand years of history has failed. And there are reasons for that. There are other ways to engage in Afghanistan. Of course, he doesn't go into what those various alternative solutions are because he is indeed a large, self-involved windbag. But all of a sudden, the right and the left are jumping on Michael Steele, and they're calling for him to resign, except for one Republican, America's leading libertarian ideologue, Ron Paul, right? He says no. He should not resign. He wants to congratulate Michael Steele for his leadership on one of the most important issues today. He says he's absolutely right. Afghanistan is now Obama's war. And he says, I have to ask myself, what is the agenda of the harsh critics demanding this resignation? Why do they support Nancy Pelosi and Barack Obama's war? Barack Obama's war? What a totally naive assessment. Afghanistan is no more Obama's war than World War II was Roosevelt's war. Just because he campaigned in 1940 saying he was going to keep us out of the war, events made that impossible. Obama inherited Afghanistan from Bush and every other American policymaker stretching back three decades when the CIA joined up with Pakistani intelligence and a variety of Afghan warlords to teach the Russians a lesson. Remember, we pledged to make Afghanistan Russia's Vietnam, and it's part of a much larger geopolitical strategy. Not a good strategy or very well thought out, and I would certainly like us to stop trying to build pipelines and nations in the area, but to call it Obama's war displays the kind of ideological tunnel vision that Ron may very well have passed on to his son. Why don't we just run an underground electric fence along the Afghan-Pakistan border and solve the whole problem once and for all? Well, David, as you know, the uh, Speaker of the House, and it's not Speaker of the House, the guy that wants to be Speaker of the House, uh, John Bomer, the member, the ranking member there of the NOP, Mr. Suntan, mm-hmm. right? Well, he's been kind of putting his foot in the mouth recently, you know, like he yes. talked about, uh, uh, you know, first he sticks his foot in the mouth about BP's liability for the Gulf Coast oil spill, and then he hand-delivered the Democrats' campaign ad by comparing the economy to an ant. And to an ant. To yep. an ant. That's yep. good. Right? I, and an atom bomb to an ant, right? Yeah, his, right. yeah that's what his, we do. His, his similes are, but go ahead. Well, it didn't seem like a good week for him. First, he blundered, you know, belittled the economic woes, mm-hmm. and he touched the third world of American politics by proposing the Social Security retirement age be raised. That really goes well with the over 45 crowd. Oh. He wanted the people to retire not until and not get their Social Security until 70. By 70. midweek, a uh, top Republican yeah. on national cable was calling him lazy. That was Scarborough a former representative, but to hear the Republicans tell it, things are all going according to plan. 
Uh, do you think, they asked him, do you think the president, in slamming you because Obama took him on, yeah. does that mean he's worried about you taking over the House? And a reporter asked the minority leader. His spokesman, Bomer himself, couldn't speak because his foot was still in his yeah, mouth. Right, firmly planted. Answered yes. And private conversations with aides in both parties admit the potential of the speaker's gavel has a lot to do with Bomer's new strategy. I don't think so. I think he's a useless idiot. Mm, this is a strategy. Yeah, this is a strategy. The Democrats, of course, couldn't be happier. It's hard to believe the Republicans are serious when they say that several days of bad publicity are all part of a plan. A bad plan, perhaps. Yeah, that could be a plan. Sure. Let's just screw ourselves up for the next week and see what happens in the press. Look what happened to that general. Yeah, but you know, Bo- but yes, Bo- Bomer says being aggressive on purpose has elevated himself to merit an Obama swat down. It raises John Bomer to the president's level. Oh yeah, to the oh. president's level. I like would jack him up to the president's uh-huh. level. Yeah. And uh, whether they meant to do it or not, they have a GOP aide said in an interview. The new strategy is to start throwing some of your own back, using the media attention to highlight the party's messages for the fall elections. And by the way, I'd like to ask you, and uh, what message is that? What? Uh, I think it's the message that if you reach behind you, grab something and throw it, why? That's giving some of your own that's back. That's some of your own back. Scrape it know? up and throw it, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got a message that, what, the double-dip recession has now matured into a full-fledged depression, but it's no more formidable than an ant. Now, there's a message you take to the polls, right? Okay. I'd take it to the Swedes, maybe. I would take. <laughs> I don't think I'd take it to the polls. They have enough trouble of their own. Well, well, Bomer has his supporters. Representative Mike Pierce, chairman of the Republican Conference, said Bomer is just plain spoken. Now, that's my code for being an unpredictable idiot, but, you know, yeah, as you yeah. will. Pierce also battled back against MSNBC personality and uh, uh, former uh, representative Joe Scarborough, who uh-huh. suggested there on MSNBC that Bomer is not a hard worker and hits the bars in Washington most nights by 6 p.m. His quote, the Republican leader is working, oh, no, excuse me, Pierce came back after hearing that he was accused yeah. of being a barfly, says, Republican leader is working harder to win back the American Congress for the common sense and common values of the American American people than anybody I know, Pierce says. Probably drinks that awful beer, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wait a minute. What common sense and what common values, right? Well, it's that common beer. That's what took me right there. I thought common sense, common values. It's like Budweiser light. Yeah, he is the Budweiser light. He's the Bud light of the GOP party, but he is a barfly. I mean, everybody finds him there in Georgetown, six on the button, you know, because he's, he's a solid happy hour drinker. By the way, notice how imprecise Pierce is when he delineates the NOP agenda. No real ideas. Just defense of some vague common sense and equally diffuse common values. Common sense, common values. A little nothing about nothing. Well, I was thinking about all those oil-soaked waves in the Gulf, that picture of that the surf up, and there's this kind of like gray, no brownish tan covering that comes up with the waves, kind of like Hokusai oil spill. And I thought of the fact that, you know, for a wave to break, it means the relationship of the height of the wave and its de- and the depth and the depth of the of the water that it's in, in other words, how far it is from the bottom, reaches a critical point and it breaks. And the same with this show. We come to a point where it breaks and we have to come to an end, but not without... Uh, sorry, I fell asleep. Was that the physics lesson? Oh, my, oh, I forgot oh. it's International Sleep Day oh, Day. Golly, I should just, never uh, have gotten that deep. Excuse <laughs> Certainly me. Certainly not. Well, I got a, I do have, I've got a, I've got a little Wang Wei here for you. Well, if, if you show me your Wang Wei, I'll show you mine. <laughs> I got a better Wang Wei than you do. Don't go there. 
here we are waking no walking in mountains in the rain good, good. i thought it was waking there for a minute yeah because yeah. of the sleep day day but okay. go ahead give us the real because wang would never forgive you if you, okay. if you began to extrapolate on his fine poetry in this quick cloudburst air thickens the sky comes down dark mountains flashes of lightning out at sea new clouds have just started to form and this small brook i straddle is a river in flood somewhere rags and blankets of mist hang on these slopes and cliffs then the clouds open and vanish rain patters off and moonlight silvers the whole reach of the river foothills to ocean and even from this black mountain i can hear boatmen singing Well, that's Oz for today, brought to you by the fabulous Oz team. I'm Peter Brookman, your host, my fabulous co-host, Dave Osman. John Cumming finds us the stats no matter how deeply they are hidden. Phil Fountain finds the beauty in everything. Tom Gedwillow makes sure the website is there for you. Chaz Glass has the figures. Dave Maloney has the audio touch. Bill McIntyre is L producer. And Scott Wilde says, keep it in the social media. Tomorrow and tomorrow and yay. See you tomorrow.